Alrighty. Hey there, true believers, and welcome to episode six of the Marvel Monday Initiative here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic is, of course, our discussion of episode six of the show formerly known as Falcon and the Winter Soldier, titled One World, One People. But before we get into our discussion, we've got a little housekeeping for you. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub. And don't forget to hit that bell to get notifications for all our shows like our video game show, The Penultimate Conquest Podcast, our TV and movies podcast, The Cross Media Show, and our anime show, Anime Nation. Um, We've got a few stream and podcast housekeeping for you today as well. Our community solo streams continue tonight with Tessa taking on some more Bloodborne at 9 uh, p.m. Central and 10 Eastern. Ruben will, of course, be sprinkling in some near replicant this week as well. And tomorrow, Tuesday, April 27th, is uh, Trailer Talk Galore on the Cross Media Show. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Christian Macias, your director and your host for the evening today. And alongside me today is the friendly neighborhood co-host of all things Marvel and and Destiny, the daddy-to-be, Eric Ginn. Hello, good sir. How are you? Long time. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's been it's been a sex since been on the show together. How are you? I'm doing well. I missed you. I've Great missed episode you last well. week, by the way. Thank you very much. Your hair is looking especially bright, and you know, happy today. I just want you to know that. But um, thank you, Eric. No, it's it's good. Happy you're back. You're not allowed to drink from that mug, audio listeners. He's drinking from a Batman mug on a Marvel show, and I don't know how to feel about that. But enough. Thank you for covering it up. (laughs) Rounding out our guests for today, the team for today. She is the Louisiana Loki Stan, the Bloodborne Queen herself, and returning guest, Tess again. Hello. Hello. I don't know. Bloodborne Queen might be a little bit preemptive. Listen, (laughs) when when you have Tamur himself stop by your stream, you're you're allowed to be the Bloodborne Queen. Yeah. What was that, Eric? One HP in a dream? One HP in a dream, dear. <laughs> words to live by, words to live by. And our final guest, he is one-fourth of the anime podcast host, Baka & Co. The dude with the coolest custom neon sign that I know, Mr. Frank Furter. How you doing, good sir? Well, well hello. I'm doing well. I'm uh, rushed to get home, rushed to f- help prep dinner, and now I'm rushing my first beer of the night, so... You know, we're having a good night. It's time to relax, talk a little bit of Marvel, and oh, just yeah. hang out for a few minutes. You know, we're gonna we're gonna just chill. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna have some fun. Also, I do have a new addition to the sign. I don't know, somewhere over here. I don't know. Uh, is uh, Chester the cheetah? So, oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, I got a I got a little Chester the cheetah just hanging out there in the two T's. You can see his little legs dangling right there. I love it. So. Audio listeners, check out the vod, please. It looks so cool. <laughs> so I've got some icebreaker questions here. We're going to do something a little bit different today because, Frank, you're returning. Tessa, you've been on, uh, I think, the Marvel show before, not this new iteration. Um, but I wanted to switch it up, give it give it a little bit of freshness. So we're going to go around, and Eric, you're included as well. What is everyone's favorite Marvel moment? Not MCU-related, but Marvel moment. Let's start with our good buddy, Eric. Ooh, favorite Marvel moment. Um, I have to go with, I know, uh, 
Cameron, if you're if you're watching, you're especially gonna like this one. Uh, the scene that Aunt May has with Peter in Spider Man Two, like this is right after Peter gave up being Spider Man, and you know everyone's asking him, "Hey, where's Spider Man at?" Uh, well, he took a break. He's he's done, and the kid's really sad. And Aunt May gave him like the courageous words where it's like she knows a hero when she sees one and people need spider-man and uh so i i always tear up whenever i hear that it's, it's probably my favorite marvel moment i love that that's a good choice tessa how about yourself uh mine is also spider-man really <laughs> <laughs> um and homecoming when he lifts up all the rubble off of himself like that one moment was so good to me it was so perfect um it just captured what spider-man is but yeah i get chills during that scene i don't know about you guys i cry during that scene (laughs) yeah and lastly frank how about yourself favorite marvel moment um so my favorite and least favorite are probably spider-man i mean can you have a whole movie be your favorite moment because the into the spider-verse just the whole fucking movie is just a blast from beginning to end Mm -hmm. like the the whole thing is a moment and i love it least favorite moment also happens to be spider-man in the andrew garfield effect in which uh it's when uh shit why it's not is it mary no it's not mary jane in that one is it gwen stacy Gwen Stacy, that's right. It's when they they make the noise of when her neck just hits oh. the ground, and it's just like, oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that so much. It's I love that scene. Favorite. I hate it. I hate it. it. Just it the so sound effect. More, the sound effect just made it that much worse. But uh, no, I think uh, Into the Spider Verse is definitely just a huge. I love cartoons. I love animation, and just like everything about that movie, I I absolutely love. Um, and like the MCU, it's it's a really difficult like decision because like I mean, the the cathartic beheading of Thanos is fantastic. I love that in uh, Endgame. I love everything about. I I really loved the Black Panther movie. That was great, and then everything about the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like. There's so mm-hmm. many little tidbit moments in that movie that I absolutely just, uh, it'd be hard to pick one. Maybe we need to do like a top 10 Marvel moments episode because there's so many to choose from. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. And my other icebreaker question here for the gang is uh, some quick fire questions. So I have four categories here. Each one of you is going to choose one category and we'll go around. It's like a, a minute long each. It won't be too long. So Eric, we're going to start with you. Choose your category between this or that. Pick a hero, pick a villain, or good or bad. Uh, pick a villain. Okay. 60 seconds on the clock. Loki or Zemo? Loki. Vulture or Mysterio? Mysterio. Ronan the Accuser or Ego? Uh, Ego. Ultron or Dormammu? Ultron. Hella or Yon Rog, aka Jude Law. Uh, Hella, because Jude Law character was bad. Thanos or Galactus. Thanos. Yeah, easy. <laughs> good job, buddy. Tessa, pick a gat- category between this or that. Pick a hero or good or bad. Um, this or that. This or that. Okay. X Men or Avengers. 
Avengers. Infinity War or Endgame? Endgame. Tony Stark or Steve Rogers? Steve Rogers. Chadwick Boseman or Michael B. Jordan? Chadwick Boseman. Miss Marvel or She-Hulk? Miss Marvel. Moon Knight or Shang-Chi? Moon Knight. Solid. I loved it. Frank, now it's you with pick a hero or good or bad. God, I feel like that last category was pick a hero. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. Let's do, let's do it. Pick a hero. And I'm okay. going to hate myself. Let's go. <clears throat> Sam or Bucky? Uh, fuck me. Uh, we'll go Sam. Doctor Strange or Scarlet Witch? Doctor Strange. Captain Marvel or Thor? Captain Marvel. Spider-Man or Ant-Man? Spider-Man. Hawkeye or Black Widow? Black Widow? Yeah, Okay. we're going to go there. Rocket or Groot? Rocket. Whoa, I was not expecting that. I thought Groot would be the, uh, the favorite there for sure. Awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed yeah. the icebreaker that, section. That, that, was, the that, was, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, but to back up the rocket to Groot, uh, Groot is just like, yeah, he just says, I am Groot, and he has a few like tidbits of just like facial animations and everything else, but it's just like, it's kind of a, not necessarily a stale character, but like Rocket definitely has a lot more to bring to the table than I feel like Groot does. But also, Groot is cute. True, and he Let did have the forget. touching moment. He did have the touching moment at the beginning, of, or at the end of the first movie, but Rocket overall... Yeah, plus I love the Rocket comics, so. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to get into a little bit of Marvel news before we get into our discussions to get us in the Marvel mood. Today is, of course, the two-year anniversary of Avengers Endgame. So thank you, Russo Brothers, for defeating cinema. Um, And I wanted to ask what everyone's quick, really quick, what everyone's favorite uh, moment from Endgame was. Eric? Uh, Portals scene. Portals. Tessa? Mm -hmm. Um... Good lord. I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> if I we had mm-hmm. it, I would probably say whenever uh, Steve sees Peggy and he's not expecting it. What a great moment. And Frank? Uh, when Cap says for the last time, uh, Avengers assemble. Oh. No one said when Steve picks up the hammer, huh? <laughs> oh, fuck. I always I'll t- I'll forget take about it. that. I'll take I always it. forget about that. I That's was so very good. close to saying the on your left, but... Well, yeah, pretty much like all of ours is basically Steve-related, so... <laughs> yeah. yeah. That Steve Rogers guy. What a cool guy, huh? What a neat person. Some more Marvel news that came out this week. Captain America 4 is officially in the works with Malcolm Spellman and Dallin Moosen set to write the script with, of course... As we'll get into it, the new Captain America. Very excited. Um, and then I added this uh, link as well. Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale for episode six was originally like down in the 50s. It's since gone up to 64%. And I think that leads us into a great segue, which is if you can give me your review of the episode in 60 seconds, what would it be? Eric. It was a solid ending for Sam. 
Bucky really underutilized. Um, WandaVision had a better finale. Oh, fighting words. Okay. Tessa, how about yourself? Along the same lines, I suppose. Um, great character payoff for Sam. Um, for a for a show that has two characters in the title, the focus heavily shifts to one and only one, and you get a really weak payoff for the other as a result. And a really emotional conversation that should have happened didn't really happen. So there's not a lot of payoff for one of the characters. Sure. Okay. And Frank. Um, a tad bit rushed. Still well done. Really weird last scene. Yeah. Uh, the w- yeah. the post credits or, or before that? No, 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 no. Before that. Like they they I feel like if they had ended it at the museum, it would have been great. And then they're like, let's have a barbecue. First of all, I think that was a crab boil. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, sorry. If it was a crab boil or a uh crawfish there was no broil. Boiling happening there, just so yeah, we- I didn't I didn't see it happen. I just like they prepped the tables as if it was going to happen and then it just didn't happen. But it's just like it was such a weird mm-hmm. we can get into it later, but it was just a weird misplaced scene in my opinion. Okay, so I think there's consensus among the group that uh the episode itself some mixed reception here. What didn't exactly stick the landing, but everything with Sam seems to have been the highlight for everyone. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. We awesome. are in agreement. All righty. Let's go through the plot and then we can stop and discuss as as we move forward. Um, the episode begins with Carly uh, having the GRC on lockdown in Lower Manhattan. They are about to vote on global resettlement. Sam and Bucky converge on the building where Sharon joins them. Carly then gives an order and the super soldiers from the boardroom uh, to force the members to run. When when Sam, now dressed in full Captain America garb, takes out two bad guys. Sam then realizes their mistake. Carly is trying to force everyone outside. What is a highlight here is, of course, Sam is in a brand new suit. What do we think of the suit, guys? Eric, uh, I think it's really, I think it's really good. Uh, it's very much, it's written, it came right out the comics page. It looks exactly like it. Uh, thought it was really nice. Um, just the motion of him flying and then just throwing the shield into the window. Uh, I even though it's very comics accurate, I don't like the headpiece i really i really don't with like the weird neck thing i just i, I think it'd have been cooler if it would have been just the glasses but still a really cool suit and that thing must have booked it since it got from louisiana to new york that fast <laughs> that thing has got some underneath the hood right there Do you guys know if the uh the suit is one-to-one to the comics i think it was right like almost exactly the same i want to say i think so who is that? Who just said that? He had a ghost. <laughs> oh my God, Kevin Tom Feige! Harding. Thanks for sh- thanks for coming, man. Um, really that's happy you could join us today. I, that's why I said Kevin Feige. Oh, I, some guy on the, the some guy on the other show said Feige, and I just want to let him know he's an idiot. Delete that from your memory. Okay. Continue. There's okay. a new. No, no, that's fine. There's a new poster that came out as well. I think today of um. Captain America, um, yep. looking. Yeah, they even phenomenal. changed the uh, Captain America Twitter uh, header to Sam now, which is nice. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's it awesome. Used, it used to be 
a comics uh, picture of Steve, the Avengers game version of Steve, and the MCU version of Steve, but now it's Sam. So I think my only complaint with the costume is I get the padding on the neck and everything because protection, but like leaving the whole top of your head open seems a little silly, um, especially when you aren't just human. Um, and your head is the most vulnerable spot on your body to get hit by anything. But anyway, sorry. I just wanted to say that before we moved on. That's a good point. Frank, what do you what do you, you have any thoughts on the costume here? So I if it's one for one from the comics, that's great. I I, I really love consistency like that, but I do have to say, man, this thing ugly. What? And I don't know how you would change it though. But here's the thing. It I don't like it. And I don't know what, like, it is definitely the headpiece that I don't like, but I don't know if you change that to blue if it makes it any better. Hmm. And I think, like, I don't know what you do here to make it better. And that's the thing. Because, like, the bot. okay, I will say the body part and the shoulders and everything in the arms, great. It looks good. It's just the neck and the head. It's just, it's all white. It's all white except for the goggles. And that is just I think you cha- you add another color in there and it may look better but I just I still don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe the, the collar or something. Yeah, maybe the collar or I'm looking at the the header photo uh of Cap and I think either the collar or even just like the little like there's the two parts on the collar, you make that in the trim uh on the headpiece, you make the trim blue. I think that does a little bit better but that headpiece, man, is just bonkers. I like that we're getting a bit more like flashiness, I, I guess, to to these characters because normally they've been just like super drab and devoid of color, as we see with like Fair. U.S. Agent. We'll see, but that was fun. Moving on, it looks like Carly has her eyes not just on the GRC members. She keeps persuading Bucky that he is fighting for the wrong side. Um, she asks, have you ever fought for something bigger than yourself? To which Bucky says, that's all I've ever tried to do, and I failed twice. The GRC board is rushed to a bulletproof police Humvee where a super soldier locks them in. Seriously, Bucky, you had one job, Sharon exclaims, as the board members are now hostages. I, I, I had to confirm whether or not they were actually hostages or not, because like after I watched it, I was like, is this the, like, the police making sure like nobody gets in to them? But it, they they are hostages. So I thought um, that was a bomb that they placed on the back of it, not a not a lock. I was just like, oh, so if they try to open it, it just goes kablooey. But no, yeah. it was it was just a super super lock. It, I mean, if it felt weird, like I feel like they could have conveyed a bit easier for the viewers, like what's exactly going on, because it's a it's a lot of cutting here, especially when they're fighting and like cutting down to the the hostages wasn't super easy to follow until I watched it on a second viewing. I don't know how you guys felt. Um, oh, go ahead, Frank. No, I mean, I was just going to say, yeah, like, it, they could have definitely done better. Like, you knew that the guy wasn't security. You knew he was a bad guy, but putting the lock on there could have been conveyed a little bit better. Like, they could have had a thing, like, where he was, like, in his earpiece and be like, put the locks on the back, and then it'd be like, cool. Because I just thought it was a bomb straight up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, While Sam is fighting off George St. Pierre in the boardroom, I think his name in the comics is like Bucot, the the French French villain. There you go. Thank you. 
Um, I'll, I'll keep calling him GSP, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sharon kills off one with mercury vapor, and Bucky speeds off on a motorcycle to save the hostages. Uh, Bucky says, uh, sorry, uh, Sam takes Steve's shield, tells the super soldier goodbye, and breaks the window and takes a head first dive into the sky, only then to see his new vibranium wings spread to chase the helicopter with the other GRC hostages, which I, what a cool scene. When he breaks the window and just starts flying out, I just I like, I wasn't loving all of the uh, like combat so far, but like seeing that just felt right. It felt like Captain America. Like that that's that's where he's really gonna shine is you know using the wings with his combat because I mean, Steve was from what we watch a better hand to hand fighter, but like that's what Steve was best at. Sam is gonna be best with you know, using the wings in combat. So that's what he's going to be much more vertical. Like he's going to, that's what his threat is going to be. He's going to be much more vertical. He can get to really places really quickly. And uh, yeah, he relies more on tech, which is yeah. not bad. I'm not saying that's worse. I'm just saying that's what he's going to be good at. Absolutely. Tessa, uh, any thoughts here? Yeah. So just one thing pretty much. So pretty much right. Whenever I saw, where Sharon was living in the very beginning, I called her little fate and who she was right then and there. You can ask yeah. Eric. I was like, there's no way she isn't. Like, it's just, that's what it is. But yeah, the fact that she um, just killed some people with some mercury vapor and acted like it was no big deal. I'm like, yep, she's gone. She's, she's done. She's not caring about any kind of morals or anything like that anymore. She literally just cares about herself. And that just completely solidified it for me. Um, I wish they would have had more development and maybe like revealed who she was a little sooner so you could see that like descent rather than just that full on alright here it is boom I'm bad but anyway well I think everyone was talking about there was like heavily um, rewrites for the show uh, yeah so that that may have something to put like who knows there, it could have played out a oh. whole lot differently with Sharon no I get that I just if there were rewrites like I feel like they knew where she was going at the very beginning. Like they, she was like at the very beginning, they were like, okay, she's going to be the power broker. And for them to do rewrites, I think they should have still honored that a little earlier. So you get more of a payoff at the end instead of like surprise. And we're like, yeah, we knew that. Cool. You know, (laughs) I think that's what they were banking on. Frank, you you seem like you have some thoughts here as well. Um, no, like she definitely when you first see her apartment and you see like all the precious art pieces there and you're like, wait a second, she got a lot of money. But like she also is just like, uh, do I want to go back to the US? I don't know. And then it's just like, wait a second, what's it, who is this person? Because like, yeah, we know generally her background like a little, but we don't know who she's become. So the question is. Now that we know who she is, is she going to be the villain in Captain America 4? Or how how are they going to use her character in the future? And I don't know if that's your like a question you have for later on down the show, but like that's what I keep thinking is like where the hell are they gonna pop her up later? There is a space for theories down below, but I, I mean it's always nice to have it introduced now because that's something I hadn't actually thought about before. So I think it's gonna be the new version of Hydra infiltrate the government sell their secrets and dismantle it what is the thing they're trying to do like the thunderbolts i think is what i've read online right 
Yeah. Maybe maybe Eric can. Uh, we'll get to that in, in a little bit later. So we'll save that for for there. Um, Carly interrupts. Sorry, intercepts the hostages in the police Humvee first. Bucky shows up, and Carly needs to distract him by giving him someone to save. Um, so she lights the Humvee on fire. While Bucky does his thing, our good old friend John Walker shows up to avenge his uh, old pal Battlestar, asking Carly why she thinks Lamar's life didn't matter. Walker's then beaten by the group pretty badly, and Bucky gets tossed off a bridge. Um, thoughts, thoughts here. What do, what do we think about Battles? Sorry, not Battlestar. I, uh, John Walker showing up. I, I think before talking to this, there was that one scene where Carly... What, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, is the scene where she's talking with the other Flag Smashers, like, all right, we've got to do this. We've got to, we got to up the timetable. You know, we got to, you know, we got to kill them. If they, um, and they were like, whoa, we did not sign on for this kind of stuff. And then there's that scene where it's like, she's going one world and they're just, one world, one people. And so, and it's like I've said throughout this whole thing, you can't say that, you're on the right side of things and you think you're doing good stuff when you one threaten kids like she did in the fourth episode. You don't just threaten someone's family and think you're on the right side of things. You don't just, all right, well, we're going to kill them. That's what we're going to do. You don't just, you know, throw that out there if you think you're on the right side of things. And so I think that scene right there, specifically with the other flag smashers looking at her, is just like, yeah, Zemo was right. Carly is just gone. Like there's there's no there's there was no her coming back from this if she's willing to go to these steps. So I think question to you. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Go no. for it. You're the... I was okay. Say, yeah. <laughs> you go. You go. Then I'll ask my question. To, to Eric's point, I will agree. I think Carly was um, far gone, but I don't. I don't think she was past the point of being like redeemed. Um. So having Walker show up basically set up to be like a redeemable figure um, and having Carly just like abandoned. Um, I had some issues with, but that discussion we'll get into a bit more. Uh, so Frank, back to you. So maybe this might be the and more later conversation. Do you think it was the serum that made her so far gone or was it just like her getting caught up in the cause? It was her. It amplifies what's already there. It was her. Good point. That's fair. I forget about that. My, yeah. my wife makes an excellent point. <laughs> so would you I say mean, that Walker has more capabilities of good than, than Carly? No, because he's he's driven by personal revenge. At that point, he's wanting her dead because of her killing Lamar. I mean, that's why he shows up. He says something about Lamar and she instantly goes, he didn't matter. And then that just really sets him off and honestly i think he would have taken it further than he did if there weren't more of them than him Mm. so i mean super soldier or not it's hard to beat you know what four other super soldiers at the same time that are all trying to take you down so poor walker just gets his ass kicked like (laughs) left and right in this show i love to see it though (laughs) he he's the character that you love to hate absolutely And I, I think when we talked about last week, when we talked about Walker, especially with his trial and stuff, it's just you do really feel kind of empathetic for the guy because, like, last week he did everything that the government told him to do. That That's all he was. Like, everything that he learned, he learned from these people he's supposed to, you know, fight for and believe in. And, you know, that really warped his mind. 
And it's like we talked about last week, that's the difference between Steve and John, like Steve's upbringing and that time of history versus John Walker. You know, you got World War II versus Afghanistan war, how that really changed the person. And then we have the moments here later that John has like little redeemable moments because there, I think there is still good in there for John. It's just, it, it was warped. Yeah. That's a very Captain America Sam thing to say of you, which I appreciate. <laughs> Moving on for the sake of time. Meanwhile, Sam saves the other GRC members in a helicopter by bouncing his shield off its door, popping it off, uh, and the shield bouncing straight back so he can fly through and take out the super soldier behind the wheel. Red Hawk found one of the hostages on board who knows how to fly, and Sam times it up perfectly, having her take over the plane or the helicopter the second Sam takes out the driver, which is probably my favorite action set piece of this show right there. What a fucking cool scene. It like, was very cool. Holy hell. And and think- the fact that they're gonna we're only gonna get more of this when we see Captain America because as he said earlier, he's going to be more vertical. So whether it be in a helicopter, in a plane, or just, you know, an alien who can fly on itself, like, we're going to see more aerial combat. And God, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's, oh, it's going to be so good. I think what made this seat so cool for me was the perspective wasn't on Sam. It was actually the um, the woman, the hostage, who, like, gets the phone alert. And then you hear Sam's voice saying, "Count countdown. And then grab the wheel, and it was it was awesome. Absolutely right. I think it just yeah, shows the, how capable Sam is. Like the yeah. little birdie, the little birdie that tells him it's just like, oh yeah, my high tech gadget was just like, hey, you can fly, you're fine, you can do this. Part of me but... wants to know though how it would have progressed had there been no one able to fly the helicopter. Because he got very lucky with that. Like, the likelihood of that happening, I feel like, is pretty low, especially among politicians. Like, True. politicians aren't really known for going to um, flying school. At least that I know of. At the uh, end of it, was she a politician or was she, like, a bodyguard? Because I know that a lot of, like, the people when they were evacuating, it was them, like, the politicians with a bodyguard, like, they were paired up. I I thought she was a politician because she was dressed in like the skirt suit and had like a very polished look about her. That's true. Yeah, yeah you're was... right. You're right. At least you know one of her hobbies is flying, I suppose. Uh, yeah, but still, like, <laughs> how lucky. But also, I would yeah. love to have seen how that would have gone had that not been an option. You would imagine maybe he'd have, or yeah, Sam would have everyone hold on to his wings, maybe. Just kind of glide down. Although I'm not very sure, Tessa. Either that or time lining up, knocking them out of the helicopter and like having to do like a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Either that that, or I think the little red bird, like the little uh, drone that he has, like hacking into the system real quick and taking over. Autopilot. I like it. Yeah, that'd be cool. So here we have Walker's actual redemption of the episode or, or what we might consider his redeeming moment. He swallows his pride and stops fighting um, to rescue the people in the police Humvee, stopping the, um, the van from falling off the top of the, um, the street down below into the construction area. 
Uh, of course, he can't fight off three more bad guys who are attacking him, and it starts to slip. And who comes in but Sam out of nowhere to stop it from crashing down a half dozen flight of stairs below. Several citizens take note that it isn't Falcon who saved them, but now Captain America in a in a very corny but well-deserved moment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was nice to see like Bucky look up and smile, too. That was nice. I didn't yeah. take it as a redemption for John, though. I took it as a what would make me look better in this moment. No, I have a lot, of, no have a lot of thoughts gain. about John. There was just a I want to look as good as I can in this moment. There are eyes on me because he kind of maybe learned his lesson after beating someone's skull in with a Captain America shield um, in broad public. And that's when he got, you know, dishonorably discharged and he's no longer working for the government. And then suddenly he's presented with the same option of either chasing someone down, probably killing them, or saving these people to improve my image. Mm. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about him that I want to say at the end, but I'm on the same page as you. Oh, for the end. Okay. You want us to keep going and then come back to this? I think more than anything. Yeah, okay. I have thoughts on that as well, Tessa, that I think I agree with. But yeah, maybe we'll save it more because there is a moment where Walker returns. So we'll we'll save it for there. We'll keep moving. Sharon is unveiled to be the power broker. Who could have ever guessed this? Not not us, surely. Carly and Sharon exchange glances like they have met before. And Sharon asks Carly to come back and work for her. Sharon was the head of the movement as the power broker. And Carly was, in fact, a product of hers. Carly then broke off to create the Flag Smashers to fight the transplanted blips. Uh, And I'll keep reading just a little bit more and then we'll discuss. GSP shows up again, revealing that Sharon hired him to spy on Carly the entire time. But he has different plans as he then tells Sharon he needs four times what he paid him or he will tell the world who the power broker really is. Sharon then turns and shoots GSP before Carly shoots Sharon. A lot going on here, uh, but really I think what this is showing is... (laughs) What's going on, Eric? It's just like just stand off. Just it, that's, yeah. I thought about that moment in the office when they're all like standing off. <laughs> I thought about the Spider-Man gif. Oh, that's even better. You, you. But I mean, it's really showing like the evil capabilities of Sharon that we. I mean, we've already seen like throughout the other episodes, but like more on display here. I don't know. What, what do you do? You guys agree? Yeah, it it definitely shows her her second face. Um in which it's just like, okay, I am the power broker. It's like, Carly, what the fuck are you doing? I wanted my my serum back, but you disappointed me, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, okay, you're confirming it, but also just like, okay, how evil, how low can this this woman stoop? Mm-hmm. And once the guy asks for more money, it's like, okay, that's how low. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I think that the culmination of that is a perfect representation of how the MCU treated Sharon. She was always kind of thrown to the side. She was cast aside. She wasn't the priority ever. And what is that going to create other than something terrible? Like, oh, we don't care about you. Oh, hey, you were on the run. Hey, guess what? We got our pardon. Forget you. I don't really care. You know, like it. she's constantly like thrown to the side. I mean, even with the whole um, temporary moment of like, her and Steve. Oh, just kidding. I went back in time and hooked up with your aunt instead. Like, you're nothing. 
you know it it's just like a i mean i would probably not really care at that point either and i would look out for me because no one else was kind of what i'm getting out there i mean if no one's looking out for you you're gonna look out for yourself and no one else cares about you you don't care about them so yeah. Which is, I think, the way a lot of characters, uh, or not characters, but I guess constituents of the MCU probably feel, especially the like displaced people who came back from the blip. Um, I'm sure Sharon feels like very similarly. So, yeah, it, it gives a lot of good reason why she is the way she is now, right? This antagonist, antagonistic figure. I think you nailed it, Tessa. Moving on, Sam shows up just before Carly is about to kill Sharon. Carly thought Sam was different, but Sam tells Carly she is misguided. Uh, Sam puts down his weapons while Carly raises hers. Very symbolic gesture. And Sharon, bleeding from her stomach wound, kills Carly with a shot to the chest. And she dives in Sam's arms. So this is why -hmm. why I don't think that uh, John Walker has any redeemable factors. is because Carly dies. Like... Yeah, he 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 goes and saves the truck. However, the person he wants dead still dies. Now, if she lives and like they continue that timeline of the uh of like her crew and everything else like later on down the line in the MCU, that is one thing. But like having her straight up die kills any and all sort of redeemable factors for John Walker because it's like, okay, John knows he's dead. She's dead. He has his revenge. So and like, so, so called revenge because the person that killed his friend is dead. So it's like, okay, now what can I do with these superpowers that are in it for me? And the fact that he continues to, well, this is a later scene, but like the fact that he continues to talk to, was it Tess? Uh, like just shows that he don't he doesn't care, he just he's just in it for himself. Are you are you so, talking about Madame Hydra or whoever? Yeah, Ju- yeah, Julie Louise Dreyfus's character. Was Val. Oh, Val, there you go, there you I go. Was like, I feel Thank like you. I would remember if someone was named Tess. Sorry, yes, you're <laughs> right. It, her name. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yes, her name was Val. Uh, I feel like if he had not met with her again, then there would be some sort of redemption. But like the fact that he's still meeting with her and the person he wanted dead is dead. It's a win-win situation for him, but like a lose-lose for the audience. Yeah. And I think to your point, when like Walker like gets his new suit, his first word is like, or one of his first words is like, I'm back. You know, it's, it's a very yeah. self-centered. Yeah, you're right. I, um, I think, uh, but in that moment, though, he could have, if he was looking at stuff for himself, he could have gone after Carly, who, you know, is on everyone's watch list. Like, look, I went to go take down Carly. I did it. But in that moment, he decided to save the people's lives. So even in that scenario, he chose the right thing to do at the time, I think. Uh, True, but he could also be thinking in the back of his head, OK, it's not only me, but Captain or like uh, Falcon in his mind. Falcon's here. Winter Soldier somewhere. The police are everywhere somebody's gonna find her that would be that's, going on in my mindset i i think it's interesting that's why i think like i'm happy that john walker's gonna stick around i think his character has been pretty interesting and i look forward to seeing it continue to grow what was his nickname for that i had in episode two was it uh fuckface mcgee there you go yes mm-hmm. yep yep 
my only disappointment my only disappointment here is that in classic mcu fashion the the villain dies at the end which was a shame for me because this like carly i thought was like one of the the best uh antagonists we've seen in the mcu like i would akin her to uh, almost um michael b jordan's character in black panther and that like essentially her ideals even though the way she goes about them are wrong her ideals come from a good place mm-hmm. um and like she changes the mind of the protagonist so have, having her die for me was like disappointing um yeah yeah that's all i'll say the conflict now resolved Sam appeals to the GRC and its members by making a moving speech in true Captain America fashion. The blips are not terrorists, that the actions of the GRC are so fundamentally world-changing for displaced communities, they are akin to the actions of Thanos, and that the GRC needs serious reform. His speech moves everyone to make the right call, and I have a few quotes here for us, um, because I think this is where like the episode truly shines. This is my favorite scene. Uh, You have to stop calling them terrorists. Uh, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Uh, I'm still here. No super serum, no blonde hair or blue eyes. The only power I have is that we can do better. But the question is, who's in the room when you're making these big decisions? How are you going to use your power? Uh, There is a lot to unpack here and we can take it uh, anywhere. Uh, Eric, do you want to start us us off with any thoughts you had here? Uh, That was very... I mean, it was Captain America because it was Captain America speaking. So um, I thought it was really good. I liked it that, you know, all most of the characters in the show were watching it on TV. Like Isaiah's reaction to watching it, I thought was very nice. Sarah watching it was very nice. It was, it was a very good speech. It very much was like a tone setter for Sam. More like how Steve got his tone setting. Tone setting. Like with his first movie, it's like, hey, this is the kind of person he is. And like we've known what Sam is, but like this is his first time as Captain America. Everyone's looking at him and he makes this very, very nice speech. Um and I I thought it was brilliant for him. I thought it was a lot of well well said stuff. I think the best thing he did, we're gonna talk about later. Um but yeah, he uh fantastic speech. He did a really great job, and it was very uplifting, like a Captain America speech should be. Yeah. I think what I love so much about it is the fact that it's also so relevant to real-life situations. It's very applicable to the political climate that's happening today. Um, It's such a nice way for Marvel to kind of not so subtly call out what's happening. You know, in a world where we have racial issues, LGBTQ issues, and who's making the policies regarding that? Typically, middle-aged plus white people who don't really care about anyone else but themselves, it seems. So it was just a really nice way to reference that. Absolutely. Yeah, like, we we were on episode two, and we were... um... We were saying how, like, I think it was before they meet with Isaiah for the first time, there was that scene of just like, oh, you're the Black Falcon. What do I call you, Black Kid? It's just like how that was, or no, sorry, it was it was after they meet Isaiah with a cop scene and how kind of disingenuous and how kind of weird that was to put it in there 
this is the complete opposite. This is how you do it well. And they did it well here. Other than um, I'm a black man wearing the stars and stripes. I think Sam would have said everything else like that he said, because like that is Captain America talking. And I, I feel like that no matter what Captain America you put in there, they would be for those standards. They would be for those morals and say the same exact things. So I, I thought it was... It was a good speech, and uh, they set the tone correct in that in that scene. I also enjoy how he like I'm sorry how he um, references the conversation with Isaiah to be like I know and understand that this is how you feel, but this is why you're wrong. I can do this. Yeah, that. yeah. And that I like little just... cut to Sam, or, or sorry, Isaiah too was fantastic. Just yeah. like he was like, oh, he is different. He is like I understand why he's doing this. Like it was good. Yeah, the second day he said like the no no blonde hair, no blue eyes, and it's shown Isaiah, and he's just like, okay, all right, you're right. <laughs> I think this was the moment too when um, like, uh, he says that you know, he's standing here and he can feel the hate. Even even now, like I feel it, um, and and you guys are right. Like this is a moment where the writers, uh, where where Sam is essentially holding a mirror up to like the government bodies of of this world, and really it's like the showrunners holding a mirror up to our own world and calling them out for their BS. Um, and and in comics, it's a perfect world, right? Or at least close to a perfect world. So these like will probably lead to some like fundamental changes in the GRC. Um, which is something we hope that we take away in our in our own lives, um, and I, I found found it to be a very beautiful scene. And I'm then we curious. get another we get another beautiful scene after. And I'm I'm very curious as to who actually wrote the speech. Like, really curious as to who wrote it because it was really well thought out and really well like punctuated. I guess would be the the best accuracy or best thing I could say about it. But yeah, curious on that one. Eric, or do you guys know? I think the same writers of the show, I think, as well, are also working I'm on looking, Captain America I'm 4. Up. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. So Malcolm Spellman co-wrote this episode with uh, Joseph Sawyer. Uh, it's the first time they wrote an episode um, this season. Malcolm wrote the first episode, and he co-wrote this one. And he's co-writing Captain America 4, so we should... We'll probably see the same undertones carried on yeah. to the next film, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Getting close to uh, wrapping up here, Sam and Bucky catch the rest of the Flag Smashers as they try as they try to escape by using their uh, their app. Sorry, I don't think it was Sam and Bucky. It was uh, Bucky and uh, Walker. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, yeah. But by, by using their own app, which was funny. Sharon is still wounded and leaves with Bucky without anyone knowing her true identity. The Flag Smashers are then transported by a police caravan, only to then be blown up by blown up by presumably the hands of Zemo. As we get a cut to him uh, in the raft. Yeah, it was um, his butler. What was that? It was his butler. That was the old man in the vehicle that did it. Oh my god, you're butler. right. Yeah, it was Zemo. I didn't know it was the butler. The butler did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the butler did it. I just watched <laughs> a different show that, that I that could sum up the exact same thing for that show too, in which the butler did it. The butler but did anywho, it. that's a different conversation. 
Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, aka Julia Louise Dreyfus. Let's get Larry David in the MCU, please. Rebrands John Walker with a new look. The blue on his outfit is now black with the new name US Agent. And I know we have some thoughts here on Walker. Um this this is where we talk about it, folks. I kind of gave it when I said when we were talking about how Carly died, like he doesn't have any redeemable factors about him. His character is still fuckface McGee to, uh, through and through. Because, like, like you're, you're avenged your friend, and it's like, okay, I understand, like, you you kind of get, like, you're dishonorably discharged, you're getting no pension, you're not getting any benefits or whatever, like, so you gotta find a new job, but you're gonna, you're gonna take this shady-ass mercenary job from this politician you know nothing about, and just uh it's like dude you just through and through are just a shit human being and like i understand like he is it after this that he meets with the family of his friend or was that beforehand that was in the last episode Episode oh then never mind yeah i'm thinking okay sorry i was thinking i've watched four five and six all at once so i'm kind of blending them a little bit together i thought he did it and anyways uh yeah i I just he's I wish if Carly were to have died I wish he would have died as well somehow write that in because like his character just I don't like him at all and I think that's an that's a testament to like the actor who portrays him um so good job for him but like goddamn I <laughs> Yeah. He, he that's, he's got to be he's going to be set up somehow, right? How are we feeling here? Eric, I, I think it's great. I think he's definitely going to be part of the Thunderbolts. Um, I think that uh, he can definitely be like their charismatic leader, uh, either them or Zemo. Uh, I think it's really cool. Like, I think it's really exciting. Like, I'm really, I'm ready to see what Walker does without the pressures of like the U.S. government or anything. Just know they have a super soldier now, so that's gonna be really fun. I'm ex- I'm excited. You're right. He is a super soldier. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing. The fact that like him and uh, sorry, him and New Cap and Bucky all walk out away at the same exact time in that last scene. Whenever after uh, Captain gives his speech, like all three of them walk away in one group. It's like wait, 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 wait. What? Why? How? What? So I just I don't understand how he got away from that situation without catching any sort of flack the fact that the government's like give us your shield and then he makes a new one and it's just like okay here it is but just like this is this so is many- why i think yeah. he's like sorry tessa go ahead no you're fine i'm sorry i just didn't want us to move on without me just throwing this out there um i don't hate him i think he's going to serve a purpose and I know this sounds a little strange, but the way his personality is and kind of the way they're shaping him up, um, he kind of gives me the same kind of vibes as, like, the Punisher. Like, you don't want to root for him, but you kind of see where he's coming from. Um, It's also similar backgrounds. You have war combat, um, PTSD. You're dealing with all of this stuff, Um, not to mention he just lost his closest friend um he main difference i think is he is going to have a leash um he's gonna have someone else calling the shots i don't think he's always going to listen but yeah i think he has sort of a punisher vibe he's not a villain but he's not a hero either 
he's going to he, kind of exist in that gray area. I yeah, like I think he's. Anything, oh, I was going to say Loki without the 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 smarts. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. See, I I wouldn't discredit him on being stupid. I don't think he's stupid. I don't think he's dumb, but I think he is very susceptible to ma- manipulation, which Julia yeah. Louise Dreyfus seems like she can absolutely control. So yeah, do, which do, is where do, that do. leash will come from. So for for the sake of time here, we're gonna we're gonna move on, which I think was the the moment that Tessa was referencing earlier. That wasn't like we needed more time here, and I agree. Bucky returns to make real amends with Yori Nakajima, telling him that the Winter Soldier killed his son RJ. Now completed, Bucky leaves a copy of his book that lists the people he wronged as his alter ego at his um, psychiatrist's office, Dr. Rayner, with a note that reads, thanks for everything, Doc. How did we feel about the way Bucky's story wrapped up? I despised it. Um, It's the reason this is my least favorite episode. You can't build up this big, huge emotional payoff and not deliver on it. For getting closure, they don't show any closure. It literally just says, hey, I'm the Winter Soldier. I killed your kid. Why? I didn't have a choice. And cut to him and the, watching Yuri through the glass. and like You don't even know how that relationship ended. Did mm-hmm. Yuri eventually understand? Did Bucky actually explain what the Winter Soldier was and how he didn't have a choice? Or was it just that? And then Yuri was like, get the hell out. Like, I... And not only that, but the book with the whole uh, thanks for everything, Doc. Like, you didn't really see her helping him very much for him saying thanks for everything. And that's it. Um, Eric pointed it out. He might actually want to talk about this. But he mentions in one episode how he can't deal with the quiet. And then you literally never see him deal with the quiet because it's just continuous action. And that never gets addressed. Um I it was did. kind of abandoned after episode two, right? Yeah, and it was just, it, was, it wasn't it was well done. And that's kind of what I meant by for having two characters in the title. You really only focus on one after like the first few episodes, which is kind of disappointing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are emotionally invested in Bucky at this point because of Winter Soldier and because of Civil War. He's already an established character and... Even the first Avenger, you see him happy and normal, and you want to see that journey, and you want to see it resolved, and you don't get it. It just flashes to him being happy at a barbecue boil situation. And the fact that he doesn't even get a name change either says a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. Eric, um, Anita. Sorry, Frank, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I just had one question, because I, I, I have pretty much the same sentiment. Um when he looks at the window and looks at Yuri having drinks inside and whatnot and they make eye contact, was it not the man that he just confessed to sitting next to her? Because it looked like Yeah, this... yeah it okay. is. Okay, then never mind. Okay, that's... I thought it was a... I don't know if it was the same man or a different man, but I was just like, hmm. I wonder if he's recanting the tale to her or not, but... I read it as, I like, some kind of time skip... Like, I don't know, it's like the next week or something, next few days. I was thinking the next night, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it isn't clear says a lot. Eric, can you... What? I was saying, what were you going to say, Eric, the same time Christian was like, Eric? Oh, (laughs) Oh, gotcha. Um, I I definitely agree with you. Uh, Bucky was definitely just, like, cast aside. 
Very much so. Like this show was about Sam becoming Captain America. Like that that was the point of this whole show. And that's great. Like it, it, it needed it needed to happen. Like that's fantastic. But Bucky was just there, like, all right, I'm here to help you stop these guys. Okay, hey, I'm not the winter soldier anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, let me have my chat with somebody I killed. All right. No no real growth for Bucky. Like it would have been great. You know, the best part of Bucky's growth was when Zemo tries to say the words to him and it doesn't work. Like that was the probably the best part of Bucky in this whole show. And you know, the when he in Wakanda, Bucky's Wakanda scene was probably also the best part of Bucky in the show. But other than that, Bucky was just there just to all right, what do you need me to do? All right, I'm right there. Okay. Um, and just like how Bucky is just like when Sam's giving a speech, Bucky's just way far away. And you're right, Christian, they don't they don't even change Bucky's name. Like and it's just he's still the winter soldier, and it's like you this man has probably been through the most in all of the MCU. And he's just was cast aside just like that. Um, it it sucks. It really does. Uh, just call the show Falcon or whatever. Like, don't bring in the Winter Soldier in this if you're not really going to show Bucky grow. Other than hey, those words don't work on me anymore. But up, um, yeah. And so I think yeah, that's probably that's like Tessa. This is my least favorite episode. Like for that reason. Like, Bucky deserved a lot better than that. I agree. On the other hand... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I remember us watching it, and whenever he, like, knocked on Yuri's door, we were both like, oh, no. And then I was just like, oh, that was okay. That was okay. All right. 90 (laughs) seconds, and then that's it. On the other hand, though, we have Sam visiting Isaiah Bradley, played by Carl Lumbly. In Baltimore, the two converse in the garden about what it means to be a black Captain America. Sam then takes Isaiah on a trip for a surprise. They visit the memorial that Sam visited in the first episode. There is now a statue in Isaiah's honor, finally bringing to light Isaiah's previously previously erased history. The two then embrace uh, with, quote, I might fail. I might die. I'm not going to let anybody tell me uh, I can't fight for this country. Not after what everybody before me went through including you one of the most touching scenes i thought of the episode and again i I agree with you guys this this show is all about sam uh his him coming to terms with being the new captain america and this along with the the moment uh with the news cameras like really reinforced that for me what do you guys think i I was telling tessa as we were watching it when i said i got somewhere to bring you and you see as soon as I saw the museum, I told Tessa, I'm like, this is going to be like the Vincent Van Gogh episode from Doctor Who when he brings Doctor when he brings Vincent Van Gogh into the present. And I'm just like, exactly, that's what happened. Like, he brings him like, hey, look, no one's going to forget you now. Like, everyone's going to remember what you did. Because, like, even though in the last episode he says, like, leave me buried and stuff like that, it's like, no, I'm not going to. Like, people need to know what you did. Like, mm-hmm. they will be better for it. Everyone will be better for knowing what you did for everyone. So I, I thought it was a very, very, very nice moment. I um I loved it, but I was also a bit confused because this was a story that was kept secret by government. All documents of it were destroyed. Um, there was no living proof aside from 
Isaiah himself, who was adamant about not coming forward. So as much as I love the scene, the back of my brain, I was like, huh, how did they get all of this in a museum? And I know that's really shitty of me to bring up, but I, I loved the scene. I thought it was very well done. But like that one thought in the back of my head was just there the entire time. My answer to you, Tessa, is that it's Marvel. And Sam, <laughs> has, Sam always has the answer with, let me make a phone call. So I'm assuming yeah. he made a phone call. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't make a phone call to get a bank loan. I mean. <laughs> Frank, I f- almost forgot to make. We don't know what happens to the bank loan. I mean, it's nothing happens with the bank loan. He doesn't get a bank loan. He gets gets the community together to help him with the boat. Like, nothing happens with the bank loan. He just gets denied. Like, he can make a call to get a freaking golden statue of Isaiah erected in, like, no time flat. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, hey, I need, like, about tree fitty to get my boat fixed. And they're like, no. It's like, okay, I'll deal with it. It's just... I don't know that that part is weird to me, but like I so I love the scene. I I love that they go through like, hey, I know you told me that a like a black man as being as uh, Captain America is shameful or whatever to our culture and what you know this country has done to us, and uh, like and then just them talking through it and being like, okay, listen, you are special. You are different from. You know, you're different, but you're not like, you're not a Malcolm X different. You're not Martin Luther King different. And they have a good chuckle about that. Like, I think that was really funny. But like, I love the scene that they talk about. And it's like, hey, I know we talked about this in the past and you didn't agree with it. However, this is how I view it. This is why I chose to do it. And I think that it that kind of closure to that is really good. And then just the icing on the cake is like, hey, by the way, they will know that what you did in the past and all the hardships you went through and it won't be repeated. Uh, but the only downside to that scene is I really wish you got to see what they put on the placard yeah. and what it said about him, because like, you don't know what the story, what story they put on there for him. And I mean, kind of rounding this out for me, just like I was way off as to how I thought the series would end unfortunately because i think in episode two i thought that they were gonna you know isaiah was gonna come in kick john walker's ass and then be like here you go king you dropped your shield and then just like live happily ever after but um, drop this king yeah exactly uh but i i think they ended it very well like i wish they had ended it at this scene like yeah you know they kind of embrace like thank you and then like call it and then do like maybe do the barbecue as like a mid mid uh what's it called credit scene and then have the final scene that we have yeah i i think i agree that would be a lot stronger of an ending um i I do want to just note that like this country has a lot of erasure as long as it's it's just it's history it's extremely whitewashed um countless texts and, and and narratives that are out there um are just aren't aren't talked about or or i don't know taught um so to have this moment uh i i would have to assume means a lot for for not just isaiah um but like several communities whose whose own histories have been erased yeah i mean i I shared a video with the gang before we started the the podcast which is uh even like what it means to uh to play a, a black captain america and it was an interview with anthony mackie talking about what that meant and and uh with his son 
Um, and the way like they unpack that o- over time and the way that unfolds is, is very beautiful. And I encourage you guys to check that out. It's from Vanity Fair. Uh, closing us out here, we have one final paragraph. Uh, in a final sequence, again, the heroes host a cookout on the docks of Sam's Louisiana home. Uh, this concludes the tale of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And then in a post credit scene, Sharon, Card- Sharon Carter gets her citizenship back. She will be repaid some of the debt paid to her and her family. She's given a full pardon and a role in her old department. The power broker is about to have access to the entire U.S. intelligence community's gift basket. She will sell government secrets, prototypes, weapons to the highest bidder. Any final thoughts as we close out here? I love two things about that. I'm sorry, Eric. I'm going to interrupt. Go ahead, dear. Um, So... As much as I disliked the sudden jarring shift towards the Louisiana get-together, I did quite enjoy that scene because it just so perfectly captures the spirit of people who are from Louisiana. Like, it's just like everyone everyone knows everyone. If you're friends, you're family, like, you're treated as such. Everyone come. We have food for everyone. Like, but I also really, as much as I hated the journey it took there, it was really nice to see Bucky happy again. Mm-hmm. It was very nice. Um, and also the post credit scene is what I is the reason why I said what I said earlier about how I think she's going to be um kind of like a formation of almost a new Hydra. Not necessarily go by Hydra, I don't think that, but like the same kind of concept. Because Hydra infiltrated the US government. They were stealing things, you know what I mean? They were causing problems. They were manipulating. They were shaping things how they wanted it to be. I just, I see that kind of happening all over again, fresh. I think her character more so is going to be a more involved collector. Like, she's going to be the collector. uh, Like, the collector was like a universe, like, encompassing person, while she's going to be more so, like, the world like the earth like bound type of character i don't like she'll be a good villain wherever she ends up like whatever they end up putting her in whether it is um what were you guys saying that uh that uh john walker would be the leader of the thunderbolts thunderbolts yeah whether she becomes a part of the thunderbolts or she becomes the backer of the thunderbolts um i think she'll be more of like a hands off a little more involved than the collector was but like a collector type character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys find her? I don't find her very compelling. Is my only issue. I really did not like this post credit thing. I thought it was super dumb. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad I, you was, said it. Was, it. It was really dumb. Uh, I also I hope the the countess stuff. I hope they're a third party. I hope they're not affiliated with power broker stuff at all. I think that'd be really interesting to have three three different things going on. You got, you know, shield, Sam, all them. And then you got power broker stuff. And then you also have to deal with this Thunderbolts problem. Like, I think that'd be interesting than just, Oh, guess what? The power broker and all them, they're dealing with the Thunderbolts. Oh, cool. But I, I hope that they stick around for a while, but yeah, I just really hated it. Like th- this is our post credit scene. Oh, Sharon's back. Ah, cool. Yeah, Sharon. Oh boy, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, but I think Christian, you actually had a wonderful oh, tweet about this episode where there were it's pretty typical Marvel finale stuff. There are ten minutes of good TV in here. 
but uh, this was this this I did not like this episode was I I think it deserves I don't think it deserves anything but I think the Rotten Tomato score not that you should use Rotten Tomatoes for anything internet right it's not an actual it's not a just because it has like a ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean it's good and just because it has a forty five doesn't mean it's bad but exactly. I, I think that um yeah it's, this is a super weak one like I much prefer there was no V Sean in this one so. Bring back bring Sean. Yeah, there was like I think WandaVision definitely had a stronger finale, and I just I wish this finale was better. But we don't know with how they had to cut out a bunch of stuff what could be, but this is what we got. So I feel I, bad because I, I like the post credit scene. I'm curious to see what they use Sharon for and what she does. The Tessa's credit it's was very strange, but yeah. I, I want to know what she's doing. <clears throat> Like, I want to know what kind of chaos she's going to cause. Because if you think about it, didn't her old position also give her access to S.H.I.E.L.D.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, she can she can do some damage really fast if she wants to. To Tessa's credit, it'll be interesting to see, like, the emotional, like, betrayal that uh, Bucky and Sam will feel when they discover that eventually she is the power broker. I think that'll be good. Um, and then... I I want to say that was a very reactionary tweet that I put out like when I thought about it over the weekend like in all fairness like the show's thesis was about Sam and in hindsight like this episode when it focused on Sam was actually very good and I thought it succeeded but yeah I will say and the he, first two episodes was very 50-50 like Sam and uh Bucky but yeah it 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 gradually became Sam, the Sam show which was like it's fine. Just rename the show. Call us spade a spade. Any final thoughts, guys? Before we close out the show, uh, this this was still a great show. I know we'll discuss it. The serious thing, I think this was still a fantastic show. Marvel has shown that these Marvel Studios TV shows are just as good as the movies. It can be just as good as the movies, I should say. And I'm really excited. This is definitely going to like, it's going to be exciting, you know, week to week with MCU stuff where we don't have to wait months in between for new MCU content. We just got to wait till the next Friday. It's just, it's great. I love the TV shows. If, if uh, Loki is really good, I may say just make them TV shows, make all of them TV shows. I'll be about that. But um, anyway, yeah, it, it, very, very good show. Very, very good show. Thank you, Eric. Tessa, how about yourself? Any closing thoughts? Mm, I mean, not not quite. I'm kind of going off of what Eric said. As much as I do love the TV shows, I'm ready to have like a film again, too. Like, I'm ready for the next Thor film to come out. I think that's going to be really exciting. But I do think the TV medium works well, especially whenever you're looking at these characters that have um, kind of a more psychological profile to examine and break down and explore. And you can do that from episode to episode rather than try and shove it all into a film. Yeah. But, yeah. Before we move on to you, Frank, I will say I am very excited for this November when we get the Eternals direct <laughs> directed by Oscar winning director Chloe Zhao. Let's go, baby. Frank, closing thoughts on the show. Um, the show is fine. It was like the production value is like uh, obviously above and beyond all more. Okay, sorry, above and beyond a majority of TV that you'll see or any other streaming service will provide. Um, I think with the exception of maybe HBO, uh, yeah. it, 
I wish the story were stronger. The story just wasn't that strong because it did kind of like it did end up being the Sam show, which from like because I was only on episode two with you guys, like I'll I'll keep referencing like episode two. It really had that like buddy cop feeling and we were so excited for the buddy cop show and it just ended up being the Sam show. And it's just like. If that was the case, then you may as well have focused on sam and calling it the future uh like something like future captain something like mm-hmm. that i don't know just like i've i enjoyed what i watched but i feel like they could have gone about it a completely different way and i i am curious as to what they cut out yeah very fair thank you guys for joining me on episode six of captain america and the winter soldier before we leave, we're going to get some uh, some plugs in for you. If you've enjoyed me as your host, you can follow me at ISO Christian for all random thoughts about movies, TV shows, and Twitch streams. Um, Eric, plugs for you, sir. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, Eric C. Ginn on Twitter. Um, just starting to get basketball playoffs soon. I'm very excited about that. Sports world is heating up. I'm excited. So Monday, next Monday, ESPN is doing a like a Marvel themed uh production of the golden state warriors versus new orleans pelicans and i think i need to get my live tv back so i can watch it it's gonna be wild i hope it's just as crazy as the saints bears on nickelodeon like that one was great so i hope i'm gonna tune in just for this one because uh the the great thing is one of the players zion williamson like his favorite character is thanos and so like i hope there's oh i hope it's gonna be so great so i'm gonna try to watch it but that's about it. You know, Marvel's great. Get vaccinated, please. Absolutely. Already done. Congrats. I'm still waiting. Tessa, how about yourself? Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's smash underscore bro. And because I'm from Louisiana, it's spelled a very Cajun way, which is B-R-E-A-U-X. But um, other than that, um, yeah, I'm starting to get a little more Twitter literate. It'll be a fun time, hopefully. <laughs> Please go follow Tessa. And Frank, last but not least. I'm just a guy I like talking about anime. Uh, Baka and Co. podcast. Uh, we do a, a show twice or once every two weeks. And then me and a co-host, uh, Silver Lobo, we started our own weekly podcast in which we talk about what's currently airing and what we're watching and everything. So that just started last week and will be put up every Wednesday evening. So go check it out on Baca and Co. Podcasts on your favorite podcast services. Well, thanks, guys. This has been a fun episode. We hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time, Excelsior.